Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, this is the one-man goldmine, the one-man enterprise of professional wrestling and all entertainment, Flynn Hendricks. And you better believe when I'm looking for a good podcast to listen to, I go to my own. I go to the I Know You Hear Me podcast hosted by me, Flynn Hendricks. That is such a fresh perspective for how you should look at life, too. Like, I just, I love that. And then when I'm feeling spooky, I go to my other podcast, Tales from the Haunt, where myself, yeah. I want my head shoved inside a 15-pound silicone mask more you know i want to have a bucket of sweat coming off me at the end of the night and just jeff dogs don't lay eggs <laughs> i hate you so much talk to other scare actors about what it takes to get into the world of scare acting so if you're curious about how people became professional wrestlers actors prioritized their mental health became entrepreneurs avoided burnout or got into scare acting you need to go check out i know you hear me and tales from the haunt Available on all podcasting platforms. And I know you hear me. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify, with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish videos, podcasts to Spotify. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome, Rick Savage, to the show. Hello, how's it going? What's going, Rick? How you doing? I'm going good. So you grew up in uh, Austin, Texas, correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been in Texas my whole life here. What about the the history of professional wrestling in Texas? Is that something that made you uh, interested in uh, professional wrestling growing up? Uh, yeah, so when I got into uh, that area, my dad was uh, breaking in about 19... 1999. Okay. Uh, so I was really big in watching wrestling there. Uh, when he finally got into it, uh, 
we go around to these different shows in Texas all the time. So they were really exciting for me when I was a kid, but uh, that was kind of short lived uh, at that point. Right. Only, only a little while for me. And then, uh, you know, my brother ended up not, not going to any more wrestling shows after that. So I kind of forgot about it for a little while. Uh, I was doing my own thing here and then up until uh, about last year. Yeah, right before last year, uh, January time, I kind of started like diving into the idea about it and stuff like that and kind of took off from there. Uh, do you mind telling us uh, who your dad is and stuff that yep. got you into it? Yeah, Bobby Tubad. Uh, okay. so he's a Texas wrestler that was uh, around mostly around the Houston area, but uh, he traveled around pretty much all these small towns in Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the the worst one I've probably been to was probably Hare, Hare, Texas. There's like a population of like 200 people. Awful middle of nowhere place. So I didn't understand like the, the road life type deal as a wrestler until now. But uh, when I was a kid, it was just it seemed like a cool thing to do to travel with your dad and stuff like that. But it was, uh, these towns are not great sometimes <laughs> i mean those those small towns they bring in sort of you know independence sometimes because uh people can't get out to those big cities you know what i mean to witness the uh, yeah. that, that stuff i have a son now i work somewhat uh, with some independent companies here working a camera and doing some play-by-play and my seven-year-old son is uh finally you know coming on the trips with me all right. over the place and while he may not be interested there is sometimes you know that that uh, that bond with him and trying to have a lot of fun with him him hanging around the wrestlers and stuff like that and getting to meet people you know and other kids around his age that are there that might be there with the with the boys and stuff right yeah when i was when i was getting i used to take pictures uh we didn't have a video camera at the time right. this was a long time ago so uh we take polaroid pictures and stuff and uh, i'd get there uh, with my brother we'd help set up the ring break it down uh, set up all those the stuff for uh, you know like the guard stuff and the chairs and stuff like that. So no stranger to to that ring crew work uh, and all that. So that was a uh, fun at the time, you know, doing that stuff, putting it together, and then we'd get to tumble around in the ring for a little bit before the show. So uh, it's kind of worth that while putting the ring together and doing that before. It's it's pretty funny that you say that because it, it's while it's a lot of fun. I have I do have a sixteen year old as well. It's kind of, so it's kind of similar in a way that you know he does um, when he's in town. He lives out of state with his mom. When he's in town, one of the things is he loves going to shows and he uh, if they need a hand, he's always right there to help break down the ring and he thinks right. it's the greatest thing on earth. You know what I mean? So he he, right. he has a blast being able to break it down put it in the truck or put it in the next room and put it back together so he's getting to learn a little something about wrestling that maybe most most people don't really you know right yeah i think this was what kind of makes it fun is seeing like the little bit of the behind the scenes thing that happened like putting the ring up and stuff like that uh kind of gives you a little bit more of an appreciation like what what they do and stuff so uh i just thought it was really great and me and my brother would just like run little spots here and there. Yep. We yep. do it in our room, but like doing it in the ring was like so much cooler. Like uh, doing these spots in the ring in front of uh, the other wrestlers and stuff like that was uh, kind of fun because it 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 not only showcased like we were having a good time, but also taking it serious and like doing these spots and like trying to do them correct and stuff like that. So uh, one of the things I remember for sure was doing that. Like you can't really take those kind of memories away. Uh, they're really great. 
Really? Yeah, it's it's creating memories with your children and, and doing stuff like that, being part of the business like that. It's, uh, you know, like you said, it's just it's something inside that's just really awesome. You know what I mean? You, and, and you'll just remember them as you get older, you know? Yeah. 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 It's, it's something that's uh, maybe my kid might get into it at some point, but uh, he's a little too young for, for all that stuff. But it's a little bit too dangerous, risky for him at the moment. But yeah. Uh, he had some school project thing where they asked, like, what did he want to be when he grew up? He said a pro wrestler. He wants to be my tag team partner. So little heartstrings tugging at, you know, so I was like, all right. right. So kinda... <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, though. That's really cool, though, that he's, uh, you know, creating that bond with you, with you. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, he, he loves watching my matches. So that's that's fun part there. Does your kid uh, not only watch that, but like, does, does he watch professional wrestling as it is? Uh, no. You know? No, no, no. no. So he, yeah, I try to watch a little bit with him, just uh, here and there. So he'll sit there and he'll kind of watch for a little bit, but he won't, won't really get too you get to sit in it. But he'll he'll sit and watch one of my matches. Uh, he thinks they're fun. It's funny because my uh, my kids where they live, their mom, and it's I don't want this to come out the wrong way, really, but their mom is like a born again and does not allow them to watch certain things. You know yeah, what I mean? Like she's very strict. So. When they come up here, they really don't know much. They won't watch like mainstream wrestling because they'll come up and they love going to like local indie stuff. And that's to them, that is professional wrestling. Anytime they try watching something on TV, they just can't like really get into it. You know right. what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's it's a little different because it's uh, there's less story stuff going on. Right. There might right. be storylines that are happening, but there's less story stuff or filler going on for the show. So. Uh, uh, he came to one of my shows. It was in Austin. Uh, he'd been to my. He went to my first match and went to a show in Austin. And while he watched some of the show when it was happening, he wasn't really paying attention. He was running around doing the stuff, you know, wrestling around with other kids. And then when I was wrestling, he'd sit there and watch it. So that's kind of it was just kind of cool for me to have him sit there and actually yeah. like, pay attention to what was happening. How How old is he? Uh, he's about to turn eight this year. Okay. Oh, see, my son's going to turn eight in August as well. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, one of the things is, like, after the shows, he likes getting in the ring. They let the kids in the ring, you know, because right. if one of the shows is at the school, one of the school facilities, you know, they let the kids in and just run around, run the ropes and stuff like that. And to watch the kids do that, it's like they're having, they think they're like superstars, you know, they think it's the yeah. coolest thing on earth. Yeah, yeah, it's a blast. Yeah, he got into one of my, my first match. He got into the ring uh, for a little bit, but uh, there was a bunch of kids who started getting in the ring. And I was like, ah, let's get out because they, they start to get a little too rambunctious and stuff. I don't know these other these other kids and stuff like that. So uh, more on his safety for me to take care of him than watch. Yeah. Him. Try to, try to do that. So I saw that you trained with uh, Necro Butcher as well. Is that yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's uh, probably when I was like maybe eleven or twelve or so. Uh, Necro had a, a camp down in Kalina uh, that my dad would train at. Uh, so I'd go in there and watch them do the stuff, and like I'd get in there when, when they take breaks and stuff like that, or uh, do small little little stuff in there. And then, uh, man, yeah, Necro used to beat my ass when I was a kid too. So <laughs> that was that was great. It was great. Uh, Go ahead, sorry. No, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Were you interested in his style of wrestling at all <laughs> growing up? I I enjoyed watching Necro work because uh, it was it, it wasn't like it is now. But yeah. Back then, it was just like a little bit. It was just like hardcore matches, so like it wasn't right. like too crazy. Uh, 
but watching him do his work, it was just like it was really tough. Uh, like it was hard. Like there wasn't no, it, it wasn't a really like soft, soft sound in his matches, and it was very uh, eye catching for me. Especially when they start to get color and stuff like that. So it was uh, very interesting when my dad would actually work him or stuff like that because I would either pay attention to what he was doing uh, because it was just like. Uh, a very cool stipulation match or he was working my dad. So like, it was just trying to watch like, okay, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next type thing. Uh, so, uh, I even still watch some of his old matches now. Uh, I've got a bunch of VHS tapes uh, that my dad gave me. So I, I still watch them every here, every so often. Uh, I'll catch them on YouTube or something like that. But yeah, yeah I'm just, he is a very interesting style of style of work. Very cool with the psychology, even though it's you know deathmatch stuff now. But uh, there's still a lot of psychology, whatever Necro does his matches. I am not necessarily a fan of that style of deathmatch wrestling. I just yeah. say that you know it's not. Um, I'm more of a traditional style, or you know I like watching guys like the Steiner Brothers, stuff like that. You know what I mean? That's like. Um, Hardcore wrestling, you know, that that was he was early on kind of in like the hardcore before the death matches. Like now yeah. everything is they gotta outdo everything they've done the last time and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, there's just uh, some of that style is just it's grown to be really insane. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's uh when when I was watching it's just hardcore matches then. So like deathmatch now, I'm not really a big fan of like the deathmatch stuff stuff because uh if it's gonna be a deathmatch, it needs to actually be a deathmatch, like barbed wire ropes barbed wire like straps traps uh stuff like that there's light tubes and stuff but by the time they're done they need to be a complete bloody mess like just trashed like that's a death match to me like everything else is just like a hardcore match with like extra extra extremities hanging off of it uh most of the time so uh light tubes is a big thing uh which it wasn't a super big thing when i was a kid Right. There, there may be like one light tube spot, but like now it's just everything is light tube because it just visually it's crazy looking. It, it sounds crazy. Uh, it's not really my thing. Light tubes aren't my thing. So like I'll do hardcore stuff. Sure. But glass is just not really my forte. I'm just not. not um, glass scares the shit out of me. If I, if I was a wrestler, to be honest with you, like I've seen, you know, many spots like you said like the, the yeah. light tubes or if you've seen like that time moxley and and, and what's the guy's name omega you put him yeah. through a glass table like yeah. that stuff will get you and it'll get you real good you know what i mean the glass so it's kind of like scary to to yeah. think about the working with glass and that and uh now it's it's things have evolved from you know tables all the time to people using like doors and stuff like that you know what i mean yeah. so i just I'm not really sure how that worked out. So, uh, so I, I, this happened to me because I, I requested uh, table stuff and like got doors, and I was like, "All right, well, I guess." Uh, so, yeah, and it just it was just like harder to get those actual tables uh, to use. So, like the mm -hmm. ones is like scarce to get them. So, like I was like, "All right, I guess that makes sense." Uh, I mean, they make the same type of sound, gets almost the same type of effect, but. Uh, putting somebody through a table versus a door, a table would definitely look way better, in my opinion. But right. it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. How would you um, How would you describe your style to somebody that's never seen you before? Uh, now that I've kind of got my feet wet, uh, probably I would say in between uh, brawler and high flying uh, brawler, like 
I'll take risks. I mm-hmm. fly around a bunch, uh, you know, so I've got, I've got shit I can do that uh, most normal big dudes don't, don't do. Uh, you'll see like a very rare, small amount of like big dudes do some like high flying stuff. But uh, I grew up with like, while I was watching hot stuff, Hernandez, not, not, Hernandez now, I'm talking about hot stuff. Right. Hernandez. Right. When he would do the suicide dive over the top. So like that, like watching Undertaker do stuff like that. So like, oh, I'll bust those out here and there. Uh, you know, and I'll I'll take some little kind of like risky bumps and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, I would just say like I'm like a high flying uh, brawler almost now at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh what what's uh what's been have you had suffered any injuries throughout your time? Uh, how long have you been wrestling? That's the other question I gotta ask you. Uh, we're going on going on eleven months now. Really? That's yeah. that long. Uh, watching videos uh, of yourself, you, I wouldn't know that. Literally, I've been, you know, studying for this podcast here, and I would have uh, thought you've been in the ring a lot longer than that. I mean, yeah. then again, I guess it, it, it explains that you working with your father and stuff. Yeah, a little cheat code there, just you know, going into the business like when I was like younger. I, I wrestled him at least. Uh, three different occasions when uh, I was a teenager, uh, when I was like 20, about 20, and then like maybe like 23 or so, uh, like the last time I wrestled him. So, uh, no stranger to the ring there at that, but other than that, I didn't do much of anything but just like watch wrestling. So, um, I had a, uh, a client of mine suggest i get into it after i retired from powerlifting i was like eh, i don't want to do anything physical like that and then i went to uh a training school with my tag partner demo up in fort worth uh where the manimals at uh texas roughhouse and uh they kind of just let me kind of like get the rust off and work around get my steps back and stuff like that i was like mm, you can come back anytime you want i think you got something here so i was like ah, i'll think about it and then I thought about it on the drive back, and I was like, maybe I should give this a go. This is actually uh, it was actually a really, really good time, just like kind of getting back into it, just like remembering doing certain stuff and like remembering the certain steps to do. And yeah, it was been it was a, it was a very interesting time there uh, last year. And like, I didn't know what I was trying to do, and kind of took a big dive into it. I was like, all right, let's see what happens. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your powerlifting career? I saw that you did yeah. that. You uh, and why did you retire? Decide to retire from that? So uh, I started uh, 2015. I had my first powerlifting show, and uh, uh, I did it just because like one of a friend of mine suggested I should try it. Uh-huh. Uh, I was trying to do bodybuilding at the time, so I was like, "No, nah, I don't want to do this." And uh, she was like, "Oh, just give it a shot. Just do one because like, my my lifts are pretty strong." in the gym and uh they were pretty close to like the state records for for the deal so uh i did the first meet and was like oh this is actually really really fun so uh four weeks later i did another meet with a bunch of friends of mine and stuff so uh while i continue to do it they we just everybody else just trained so i kind of like started taking it a little bit more seriously uh that first year or so about 10 months i did about like seven eight powerlifting meets that time and uh, uh got myself to vegas uh, to World's Meet, uh, got myself to an expo show, uh, ended up putting myself, uh, I want to say it was like in the top 10 uh, when I was the first year starting. So um, I did about six years, give or take. Uh, I ended up being 
the number two overall in my weight class of 308 in wraps and sleeves in 2017, uh, which is pretty interesting. I broke the American record for USPA uh, 2017, and uh, I've had a couple like expo expo different shows that where I could do like exhibition type events uh-huh. that I also got known for, like uh, doing a 2005 pound total in 33 seconds, uh, deadlifting 600 pounds for 65 reps. Like, uh, so those are a couple things I got known off of also besides doing the powder thing. Uh, 2018, I tore my patellar tendon. So that was my first major injury that I've ever had, tore that, and then uh, rehabbed it, got back, uh, did another meet a year later, which was pretty crazy in itself. And then uh, uh, 2021, about April, uh, early April, I tore my rotator cuff. So then that was the second major surgery. So at that point, I was like, okay, that's enough. I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, just becoming too risky, the amount of weight I was doing for my body was just like, no, I'm not doing it. So that's why I wasn't going to do anything more physical at all. And then pff, wrestling, go figure. Uh. Isn't isn't that always the way, though, with like sports? You know, a lot of guys quit football and uh, yeah. end up yeah. in professional wrestling, which I also saw that you were actually in, into football as well, too. Yeah, uh, went to UMHB. It's a college here uh, that was uh, Division Three, and uh, pretty great and very interesting school. So I did that for a couple of years. Uh, you know, that was was great, but it just wasn't wasn't for me. Uh, so I went and started doing everything else, and then try to get into the bodybuilder thing. Was getting ready to do a bodybuilding show, and then decided to just switch everything up, try to get bigger again, and then fell into the powder thing took that serious for a little bit it was like okay cool i'm gonna retire i've had enough uh my body's hurting all the time uh and then got talked into doing this wrestling thing and <laughs> it's not like it's 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 a little easier on my body most of the time but yeah uh i mean i don't have a thousand pounds kind of crushing my spine so like that's great that feels great you know just <laughs> everything else isn't isn't wonderful but not having a thousand pounds on your back feels 10 times better than what I'm doing at wrestling. So it doesn't turn the bottom of me at all. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> this is crazy. How, how was the transition for you, though? Was it, uh, was it easy or was it, uh, you know? So, uh... When after after I had my rotator cuff surgery, I kind of my I kind of just let my training go. Uh, it's the first time in like uh, what's some odd like seventeen years I've ever like missed training, but you know I was injured, so I was kind of just like rehabbing uh, and then just like taking time off to just recover. So uh, I can't say I was in like the best shape conditioning wise when I started. So. Um, when I went to that first deal at Texas Rough House, I was getting blown up in like five minutes of just like just chain chain work. So uh, I was like, okay, I can't do this. This is not gonna. This is gonna fly. Uh, so I decided to write a program for myself to get myself in condition uh, for my first match. So uh, I took about uh, maybe eight ten weeks uh, of work of just uh, doing specific uh, lifting and uh, I put Olympic lifting back in my stuff, uh, a bunch of conditioning work that kind of mimic in-ring stuff for me. Uh, so the first maybe three weeks were probably the worst. It was awful. It was awful. That transition from doing like just like piloting stuff and getting into that was terrible my mobility has been it it, it, it gotten worse uh all my it just it was terrible my flexibility and mobility was just awful uh by the time i got done with the power and stuff and the rehab and the surgery and all that stuff so uh getting that back in there and i was i'm i'm surprised myself that i was able to get all that stuff back and then some which <laughs> it's pretty wild uh but yeah, it took a minute to get adjusted to the, the, the cardio that I kind of need for the ring stuff. And uh, I still train like that here and there, but I changed up the way I train now uh, just to get uh, certain stuff done during the week uh, kind of addressed. But I don't necessarily need to get any bigger now at this point. Right. Uh, so just kind of need to get more, a uh, little bit more lean, uh, uh, what I'm doing now. So not doing anything too crazy, but, uh, it's definitely way different and it's less work, way less work than I was doing in power now at this point. Uh, what was your first match like and who was that against? Uh, my first match that uh, I was against my tag team partner now, um, uh, against Damo. So. We had a little small segment in a big show uh, at IHWE in Fort Worth. Uh, it's probably maybe about like three and a half minutes, if that, for the match. Uh, we had this little angle because it was like the powerlifter come against another powerlifter, strength athlete thing. Uh, so uh, the match wasn't terrible. Uh, there was like a small thing in psychology, right? So I, I, I didn't know what it was like to work like a TV match like I could do now, but uh we try to get a small bit of like the psychology into that that ordeal uh and it was interesting to say the least uh the people got to see like two bigger type athletes and i was way fatter <laughs> at that point <laughs> so uh definitely looking back at the video i'm like man i was so round at that point uh but it wasn't it wasn't 
it wasn't bad, but it gave me like the the itch to like, okay, I want to, I need to do, I need to get more of this like in like right. stuff in front of a bunch of people because it's a whole whole lot different than uh, than doing it. It's like you know, in training and stuff like that, in a building that nobody's at. So, uh, <clears throat> I think the next and this was March thirty first. Uh, I had that match, and then uh, I didn't have the next match until I think maybe like April twentieth or so. So a couple weeks or so. Uh, later, a few weeks later, uh, and then since then, I just I had a match every week almost uh, after that. So you've been keeping busy since that time. Yeah, I had to schedule myself off and not take bookings. Uh, I could have just I could have easily done uh, every weekend all last year, but uh, I had to like take some time off. I even got I actually did get uh, injured there for a minute. Uh, I tore my adductor uh, in June, so getting. Picking up, getting started, and stuff like that. I had this injury, so I took a few weeks off, rehabbed it, had to do a show, re injured it, re injured it again, and then took another couple weeks off, and then uh, kept with the rehab, but had to change the way I was actually doing my in ring work uh, because, like, I when I was younger, I could do a bunch of cool, like high flying type stuff, and like. Uh, very explosive type stuff, uh, you know, jumping, spinning wheel kicks and shit like that. So uh, I was trying to put that back in and was doing that and it was going going all right for a minute, but uh, just the amount of damage and stuff that I've done to my body over powerlifting, it's just not, it's like, no, you're not, you can't do that. Uh, you could do that, but we're going to like shut you down when you do it. So uh, that was great. So I changed the way I might do some of my style there. Um about around in August, but once I finally got healed from everything, I added uh, stuff a little bit back, like the steady moon salt, uh, frog splash, and like the uh, the suicide dive on the top. Small stuff, not too crazy, but uh, real simple stuff I could do. And like doing stuff that's like lateral movements left and right, I kind of stay away from doing. So like the jumping, spinning wheel kick stuff, where I got to do lateral, I just stay away from that as much. It's just Rather not risk it at this point, uh, <laughs> you know. Even if I feel healthy, just rather not risk it. Um, who would you say that influenced your style when you're using maneuvers like that? I mean, uh, growing up, I guess in the '90s, it could have been a lot of different people. Maybe Owen Hart or, or X Pac or Sean Waltman. To, it could be anybody. Jerry Lynn. Yeah, I was definitely a big fan of X Pac and uh, his spinning wheel kick. So, like, that was one of the things I always uh, I always wanted to, to do. I thought I do a really good one, so. Uh, I wanted to keep that in there, but uh, the expense of me not being able to do wrestling, I just took it out. So, um, say when I was younger, so uh, probably Mike Awesome would be the top influential one in like the high flying aspect because he was so big and doing all that stuff. So, uh, there's a there's a few things here and there that that I do that uh, that I, I I got from Mike Awesome just because like. Uh, they're kind of simple, easy stuff for me to do, uh, you know, so uh, it's nothing too crazy, nothing too wild. Uh, but he was probably one of the, the bigger ones, uh, although I didn't really watch a lot of his matches uh, then like I do now. But uh, a lot of the ECW stuff would probably be uh, stuff I've kind of pulled more inspiration from. Uh, in WCW, like, like uh, possibly the matches with Masato Tanaka and ECW, right. which 
to me, that series was just uh, – Mike Awesome was a very underrated talent. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? That guy – and it's very sad what end, uh, ultimately what ended up happening to him, literally, because at that time period, literally, I was like, man, that's – to me, I was like, man, I said to my friend one day, that's such a terrible name, Mike Awesome. Sounds so corny, right? But my friend goes, but no, he really is awesome. <laughs> I said, I guess it makes sense. Then, you know, and literally after that, you know, I watched this stuff in FMW and and, uh, and, and stuff. So, like I said, it's such a shame, but that guy literally was an innovator for guys that size. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And his WWE career wasn't necessarily all that great. His WCW career was probably even worse with the gimmicks that they put him through. And he was probably one of the best wrestlers of that era of the late nineties and ECW really let him shine in that. But if you think about it, he could have gone really far provided booked properly in the WWE, possibly becoming the world champion, but they were, you know, obviously set on the probably three or four guys that they had in that title picture. Yeah. Which is weird. Cause he's, <clears throat> he's, he's uh, damn near the Brock Lesnar of that era in, in that aspect because he was 290. He could fly around and do a bunch of crazy stuff. Uh, way more so than Brock could do. I know Brock was doing like shooting star press and stuff like that, but... Well, if he doesn't uh, land on his head, though. I right. Mean, you know, you know. <laughs> Mike was doing... He was doing slingshot, uh, jumping off the top rope over the, the barricades and stuff and doing a bunch, bunch of crazy stuff uh, quite frequently in his, in his repertoire. So... Uh, he could have been what Brock Lesnar was now at that point. Yeah, could have, that could have been his his ordeal. They could have put him that way. And it just didn't. That's a great comparison. I never really thought of it like that before. So that's a great comparison now that you say it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you? Uh, what else? Is there any other guys around like that time period similar to him at all? Or? Uh, not. I mean, well, I. We're talking about Bam Bam Bigelow and like Vader and yeah. stuff like that. They yeah. definitely fly around, but like not in that kind of like felt physique uh, yeah. style that uh, I really was like kind of glued to. Uh, I don't know if it was just like the mullet or just like the way he just like <laughs> he was just so intense whenever he did the did the moves that uh, I was just really always glued to to like stuff he was doing. But uh, you know, I, I pull inspiration and stuff from like Rhino, uh, Raven. Uh, you know, Japan, Shuji Ishikawa. So, like, there's like small bits here and there that, uh, for people that I've not only just seen, like, when I was younger, growing up, where I kind of felt like was more like myself, and now my actual size now, uh, that I kind of just like blended in together. Uh, when I think about it, uh, I like like Mike Austin stuff when he was in Japan too. So, like, yes, um. Uh, you know, it's just like a little bit more uh, ferocious in nature uh, compared to what happened to him later on. But uh, that's the kind of style that uh, I like and I'm into. And that's like how I try to uh, work myself. It's not so much of a like American style work, but like uh, they're kind of, there's Texas strong style, but then there's like actual yeah. like strong style. So like I'd, I'd put myself, I'd, I'd be able to fit into like the strong style of work. Uh, uh -huh. That was the case. So, like, that's that's the goal there for me, anyway. He fit in very well with the, that ninety that nineties Japanese wrestling. You know what I mean? He fit in because yeah. it was like at the time that whole strong style style was very innovative in a way. You know yeah. what I mean? There was like a lot of stuff. Ninety wrestling in the nineteen nineties in America was very stale. 
yeah. I guess with uh, it was very cartoonish and you know him coming in and that's when you know ECW was just taking over I guess in a way to say hey it doesn't have to be that lame it does not have to be a cartoon you know what I mean so they yeah. started showcasing a lot of different guys that you know were phenomenal you know what I mean yeah it's uh watching it now it's like man it seems like really really over the top but like yes watching it yeah. <laughs> watching some of it, it doesn't I'm sorry to cut you off, but watching it now, some of it doesn't hold up, though. <laughs> you no, know what I mean? No, I, yeah, uh, with the exception of, like, you know, I go back and watch shows that, I, you know, they hit Danbury, Connecticut quite a few times. I live in Connecticut, right. which is, it's about an hour away. I went to every single show that they've been to in Connecticut and maybe right over the border into New York, like White Plains in New York. I go back and watch those shows every so often. I'm like, man, the show's really not that great. But there's certain moments that really stick out. Right. Yeah, it's just it was like everything had to have some kind of uh, extreme aspect to it, and it was almost taken away from the wrestling. Uh, you know, so like when it got started, it was uh, different, uh, innovative. It was it was great to watch. It was uh, edgy. So like that's what everyone wanted back, way back then. Uh, but man, it just seemed uh, watching it now it just seemed like everything was just oversaturated with, with certain stuff, and it's uh, it's almost kind of hard, hard to watch a little bit. It's like they were trying to overdo or outdo themselves each, you know, the yep. previous week. And I got to say that uh, we're going to get back to talking about you in just a second, though. <laughs> you know, it, but I love talking about wrestling as a whole. So, you know, we're, gonna learn, we're here to learn more about you. But uh, the same thing is with like the Attitude Era. I'm not sure what your opinion is about the Attitude Era. I never really thought it was that great, but everybody keeps begging for it, you know, online. You see on social media, people, they want it back. But I go back every time, every now and again, and try to watch certain matches that I read about, like on pay-per-views or Raws or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm like, let me check this out. And I put this on, and it's just like some of it is just does not hold up still. You know what I mean? It's very boring, or there's just, uh, oh, my God, this is so corny. Yeah, the I, I think they, they want the edgy aspect. They like, they want the blood stuff back for one. That's if, if they got yeah. the blood back, they probably wouldn't worry about the attitude era so much, uh, because like they're missing that little uh, that small edginess of wrestling is is the, the color factor there. But uh, you're talking about like the scantily clad dressed, uh, not only just like ring people, but the wrestlers in of itself. Uh, they want stuff like that back, mm -hmm. and. They don't necessarily want the actual air. There's just like small stuff in there that they like, but it makes sense. Really want the yeah. air back. It was cool watching it growing up because it was everything was just always just it was new, it was different. But uh man, yeah, some of the stuff was just some of the stories was boring. Uh there's very very select people that I like to like just go back and watch uh now because I don't want just want to watch just random crap. So I want to watch yeah. stuff that I can actually see what's happening and learn from learn from what i'm actually doing my studies and stuff but uh while i like the attitude era i don't i would i wouldn't want it to come back it's well my favorite era was like the 1988 and 1989 though those two years because yeah. i think that's when i first got like hardcore into it i got into wrestling in 1984 and then my my first very first show was 1988 and then it took over took me over like as far as like you know, it's like I was kind of mildly into it, and then my first show got me like, bam, I was obsessed with it going forward yeah. kind of a thing. So, and then like for those two years, I thought they were very hot years, but the Attitude Era is just, you gotta watch it. Some of it's a little trashy. Some of them, there could be good moments. I mean, granted, the roster, the wrestling roster itself is probably some of the best wrestlers you've seen out of that, you know, the 1990s. Yeah, yeah well, not too big. 
not too big a fan of, like some of the storylines and stuff like that because like especially as an adult now I think about it like Ugh, that was just not very no good. I wouldn't want my kid watching it yeah, that's one just, thing so no yeah not great uh but yeah I mean uh I was really I really liked the the, the later nineties work uh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stuff like that so uh, I was definitely super into it. I'm still into it now. I watch it uh, kind of often. Uh, I don't really watch a lot of newer newer wrestling now, okay. uh, pretty much at all. But I'll catch some stuff here on YouTube, uh, just like some certain wrestlers that I want to keep up with. But uh, I watch a lot of old older wrestling and stuff like that, mostly from late '90s, early 2000s ish. I'm sort of in the same boat. I have this had this conversation actually actually last night at a show. Um, one of the things is that I'm not necessarily into it. I record, say, all those shows, like the mainstream shows. I start them about 20, 30 minutes late, and then I fast forward through all the segments until I get to what I want. You know what I mean? The guys that I want, like Brian Danielson. You know what I mean? Like the, the, excuse me, the week that Danielson wrestled Timothy Thatcher. I was just like, that's probably one of the best TV matches on television in God knows how long. Those two are up here. You know what I mean? So it's stuff like that. I'm <clears throat> I'm becoming less and less interested myself of the uh, modern uh, the modern era. Of how and I go back and watch stuff either before my time or around that time, even into the '90s. You know? Yeah. Yeah. When I was last year, when I was getting into back into the wrestling stuff. So uh, I was watching a lot of uh, AEW uh, stuff mm-hmm. that's on TV and just like uh, trying to see what was just happening and new and stuff like that. But I was like. Uh, I got kind of bored with it after after a minute because like certain stuff you could see the way that the it wasn't very crisp, it was just changing and stuff. It wasn't very crisp, so I, I went back to start watching uh, old mid south stuff and it was just like let me watch let me watch this old mid south stuff uh, and get ready for what I'm trying to trying to do now and uh, get some of my steps in at work and my mental reps in because I could get a lot of ring work in. Right. Uh, so here was here I am just trying to watch. Uh, uh, old old mid south tapes and stuff like that to kind of get, get into it. That was ECW before ECW mid south yeah. or UWF. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that was like way. That was like probably what 12, 15 years ahead of its time. Really? Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> you know. yeah that was that. Yeah, it was a big one for me there. So I was like, uh, so that's why I, I kind of I bounced back between ECW and WCW. Now uh, mm-hmm. I grew up on the Monday Night Wars anyway, but yeah. Uh, I was always more of a fan of the way uh, ECWs and WCW rings sounded. Mm-hmm. So I always want to watch their matches more than watching uh, WWE. So it's, I don't know if that's just a weird thing to do, but it's just no. they, the sound. It just, it, I enjoy the match way more here in this specific sound. I don't know from nostalgia reasons or it just sounds acoustically better for me, but it, it's, the impact, whatever they have, it kind of almost meant more whenever that sound would happen. It was like, oh, shit. That actually kind of, that was actually pretty good. I, I, man, I got to wait. To, what's going to happen next? And then, boom, you have another one. It's like, okay, cool. I'm really into this match now. They have uh, a different They have a different ring setup. You know what I mean? Yeah. WCW slash, you know, even back in the day. It was like wire cables with, like, you know, a covering yeah. of some sort. And then. WWF used straight ropes and the rings looked completely different and sounded yeah. completely different. So yeah, I get what you're saying. I fully, I thought maybe I was the only one that kind of no, freaked I, out about that stuff. WCW's <laughs> ring, it's it, if I could have one of those, I would 
oh, it, that ring is just great. I'd bump it all day long. It, <laughs> it just sounds so good to me. And then like ECW's one too is just, uh, it's very, it's unsharpened. It's kind of like, it's kind of gross sounding uh, when you think about it. <laughs> like you actually listen to it directly. Yeah, but yeah it's just <laughs> unrefined. So it, it really fits. It really fits that little mystique for ECW. Uh, Who I, knows I, how stable it was though? That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. That's definitely probably it. <laughs> um, so you say you don't watch a lot, of, uh, a lot of modern wrestling. Is there anything that you do keep up on, even independence? Uh, um, or anything uh so uh new, besides like new japan uh yep. i watched uh, aw dark uh more so because now i i see uh people that i've met on there uh or like i get like you know uh, maybe people you worked with or whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so like uh, shane taylor was one he was on there shane taylor and jd uh recently on there uh and i worked both of them uh I was going to ask you about. Uh, I was going to ask you about working with Shane Taylor. Shane Taylor was a guest on here like two years ago, uh, so uh, he was a great guy. He came out here speaking a lot about uh, you know positivity and, and yeah. messages and, and stuff like that. And he was. A, I absolutely loved uh, the podcast I did with him. I wanted to ask you about working with him. What you know, he, he's full of uh, positivity. Just from that one hour, hour and a half that I spent talking to him, you know. Yeah, uh, I, 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 when I first got into it, uh, man, I seen Shane. He was kind of like just, yeah, six belts all over him and stuff like that. So when yeah. I was getting into it, uh, you know, he was pretty prolific in there and just like watching him kind of go around and do these things. And, you know, uh, the baddest of all time I was like, oh shit, this dude's tough. So uh, I was like, man, eventually I want to, I want to, you know, some, some odd few years down the line, I want to work this guy. And then mm -hmm. lo and behold, it was like almost nine months later, here we go. And I was like, uh, I got a call to, hey, you want to work Shane? I was like, Sure, absolutely. Um, I mean, good dude. Yeah, cool dude, man. We uh, we hit it off pretty well. Uh, talked quite a bit uh, that whole entire time. And it was funny because at, at that time, uh, he had been warned about working with me, uh, which we, we both laughed at was hysterically because uh, I got this deal about me being unsafe. Uh, um, it's a slore thing. Before you, before you go forward, I did see that on Cage Match, you know, like I'm doing the research, but obviously it's the internet, you yeah. know what I mean? You don't know what to believe, and obviously I was not going to bring that up to you because I'm going to show some respect to you, my guest. I'm not sitting here to talk shit or cause trouble, but I saw that. I was like, why do people put that stuff? You know what I mean? But people yeah. say that about a lot of people, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's professional wrestling. It might uh, – and then yeah. – 30, 40, 50 years ago, people wouldn't be saying the same thing. It's just called being yeah. a professional wrestler. Yeah, it, it's, you know, the the spot in and of itself, uh, now, like, you know, nowadays they consider it super dangerous, but, yeah. uh, you know, I wasn't taking liberties out of nobody, and it was just, like, the way that spot just kind of, like, occurred. Uh, there's, like, a multiple layers to it that make it just, like, way worse than it, what it is. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, when it was blowing up, uh, I just, I mean, I'm a heel. Uh, most, I'm mostly mm -hmm. a heel. So, mm -hmm. and it's not, my real name is not on my social media. But people take it as, yeah. as a whole deal. Like, this is just, like, how I am. And, like, okay, I'm going to run with this anyway. So, I would just dig it into the whole deal. Like, I normally would act if, uh, I don't know, this if something 
devastating like that happened to me, what would I normally say if I was being an asshole? And I would just go on with that and just kept with that. So uh, the people who knew me or knew knew what happened that day, no different. But you know, the other things like trolling accounts try to get at you, they'll probably eat at your way. But yeah, I've I've spent years piloting trolling people and like bullying people like that. Anyway, talking wrestling shit, talking wrestling type shit to politics <laughs> for years. So, like, none of that stuff ever bothered me. Uh, right. So, I was already used to it. So I just went back and just like, I'd, I'd say something here and there and just like forget about it. And like, they just go off and da, 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 da. so let them all just kind of run off and just, uh, but yeah, it was, it was just a very interesting moment. Uh, and that kind of like shifted my career a tad bit. Because not only just like now everybody knows my name, but it was not for like the best reasons, but uh, you know, it was actually pretty decent. Uh, It got me the match with Shane. So uh, I can't really like knock the, can't take it back. I don't, you know, it's not anything I can take back or or I would. And uh, so uh, when I actually got to work, Shane and like, he, he was telling me about it. And I was, I was just dying laughing. He was like, "Are you kidding me?" Because he saw the, he saw the deal. He saw the deal. He commented on it before too. Uh, you know, that's that's old. That's that's homeboy's fault. But uh, we were just laughing about it for a good like hour. <laughs> the internet, the internet wrestling world is a very interesting place, is it not? Uh, it's yeah, it's uh, it's something else. Yeah, I don't even care for it yeah. at this point. I was, I was. I wasn't really into it because, like, uh, yeah. when I first started, I wasn't like, uh, I just wasn't like interacting with it very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got social media all over the place. I've been all over them, but uh, I just kind of was like sitting back and just watching stuff the entire time. Like, I was you know, trying to build my brand and what, whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, just, yeah, they're just awful. But they're all just, they're not, most of the time that they, the, these things get started by people who don't have a face to their account. So you don't you know what they look like. You don't know who they are, but you get this this kind of shitstorm of just them talking stuff and like if somebody likes it here or there or somebody reposts it, it gets to this point, it gets to this point, and it kind of just goes downhill from there. It's funny that you say stuff like that because it's like I've gotten into arguments like say on Twitter and, and, and social media and then they start troll like stalking your pictures and stuff like that and then yeah. – reposting pictures of you and your wife and stuff. This has happened to me personally. Yep. It's just like that's when I needed to say it's like I need to step away, literally. Yeah. I'm just gonna concentrate on promoting my yeah. brand, this podcast, and not sit there and argue with people. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just it's not worth it because I don't want that shit to kind of like affect my family whatsoever. Is yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. So before I got started wrestling, I uh uh I pulled off all my personal pictures off of Twitter. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, I changed up all my stuff that I, I uh, was doing and branded it just wrestling stuff. Mm-hmm. My my, uh, my Instagram, uh, I made a whole separate one for just wrestling, but uh, my Instagram, although it has some personal stuff on it, uh, it's not very often. And I won't post any stuff like that because of, I already had issues dealing with that power thing, but now more so. Uh, I was getting, I was getting all kinds of death threats uh, when that when that video happened. So like that doesn't bother me because one, nobody ever in my life has ever said anything crazy to me in my face. Right. Two, if that ever did, they know what, what happened, and I don't do a lot of talking in person. So like it's it's ridiculous. These people say it doesn't bother me, uh, but you know I got a I got a wife and kid here that you know I got to take care of it and stuff like that. And, 
uh, when I explained this to her, and she, she's, she's just like, "Really?" And I'm like, mm, "Yeah, just it's what happens." So uh, I don't, I won't post much about uh, about them and share stuff. And you know, it it's fine by me. Uh-huh. She's super private anyway, uh, you know, and doesn't post much on social media. So. I'm not gonna try to put her in those kind of situations, exactly, and, yeah. and whatnot. But me, as as who I am on social media, the same person I am in the ring. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna go fly off the mouth. I'm gonna just, you know, I'm gonna do my thing, and uh, I'm not gonna hold back and saying certain stuff. And I think some people are expecting me to hold back because I'm like prolific in the scene at this point, uh-huh. and like yeah, I'm supposed to act like uh, somebody's my boss or something like that. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm not changing anything that I've done beforehand or anything who I am. If I get a big contract for something, sure. They tell me not to, sure. But at this point, uh, you know, who I am as a character, who I am as a person, they're the same thing. So if somebody says a certain thing, I'm going to reply a certain way. Uh, that's, just, that's just how it's going to be and that's how it is. And they, they expect me to not do that and like bend at their will. And that's not going to happen. Not happening. <laughs> It's a shame. It's a shame, especially considering the the state of the, uh, I guess, the world today. People are so worried about, you know, oh, this guy came at me or you got to be careful what you say on social media. It's just it's uh, I don't want to turn it in political or any of that other kind of crap, you know, in this conversation. But it's like it's kind of shame how things like people take things so seriously. It's like these keyboard warriors just like, Oh, this guy said this back at me and he should be canceled. You know what I mean? The whole cancel culture thing. And it's like, we're not, we're not as personalities allowed to stand up for ourselves in a way, but they can blast at us. Yeah. I, I do. I do choose my words very carefully. Uh, mm-hmm. And I kind of almost in a sense, belittle the person that's trying to speak at me a certain way and make them feel very stupid. Uh, because what what I say, they really can't. It can't be used against me in, in terms of like right. he's saying something that's like cancelable. So you can right. try, you can try all you want, but if you go read the conversations, like, oh, well, he kind of puts you in a place. So like, <laughs> mm, well, I'm not going to cancel this person for for what they just said to you because you kind of deserved it. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. you know, uh, I just kind of I make sure I choose what I say kind of carefully. But however, I don't like hold back and what. Uh, the point I'm trying to get across <laughs> when I do it. So it's yeah. the difference from when we grew up to today. It's like the oh, yeah. the internet the internet trolls are. You know, it seems like they're in. I don't want to say. I mean, not necessarily, but for lack of a better term, they're in control in a way. You know what I mean? Like because anybody that they're coming at, if you say something the wrong way, and you know. You get your account shut down and you're canceled or, you know what I mean? You're not going to get a gig or something to that effect. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's dumb. It's dumb because, uh, when, when you let them do certain things and let them win and kind of control that direction of the narrative or where it's going, that's that's when you lose the aspect of it and you get that, you get that, uh, pathway of getting canceled more or less uh, mm-hmm. you kind of just got to get get in the front running of it and take control of how you put it in the direction you you want it to go in uh i don't backtrack none mm-hmm. of that stuff i backtrack and stuff uh right so that that's where most people get in trouble they start backtracking or they say certain stuff and backtrack uh yeah i'm not backtracking so uh i make sure that's whatever i say is uh with conviction uh and it's like there may be holes in it here and there but uh, 
it's usually stuff I stand by and and I get my point across. And that's what that's what I try to keep keep in you know my hindsight is as long as I get my point across and it's you know you can misconstrue it all you want, but if I get my point across, uh, you you're probably gonna look stupid at the end of this deal because I thought that's about awesome. what, I thought about what I wanted to say and. The first initial rough draft of it might have been really, really bad. Really, really bad. But by the time I get to the final draft of it and stuff like that, it's like, oh, well, you suck, and now you know it. So <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've typed out stuff and then had to hit the, the back button, and it's been like, no, 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 I'm about to get my, my, my account blocked or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. It's funny. People, people will DM me certain stuff really crazy shit yeah, yeah. Uh, and i'll reply back with some off the wall stuff and block them <laughs> not, you can't you can't reply though i've seen them start typing and i instantly i'll have their reply i'll send it and they start typing i'll block them you can't send anything back i laugh my ass off for just doing stuff like that i got it from a friend of mine and they would do they told me but i was like oh that's very that's interesting so they start typing back you want to start because they want to they want to be in they want to be a part of what you're doing that's all they want they want to be a part of what you're doing so they want you to they want you to treat them as a part of what you're doing and i'm like no so i'll I'll give them uh you know some crazy ass reply and Mm -hmm. As soon as I start typing, I'll block them and then never hear from them again. It's just hilarious to me. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we need to get back to your wrestling career. All right. <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, working Barrett Brown in um, Metroplex Wrestling. Uh, yeah, it was a very interesting match because uh, that was, like I guess, my almost my first kind of strong style match, more or less. Okay. And... Uh, <clears throat> uh, Working Bear was very, it was, it was fun. It was uh, definitely interesting because uh, he, te- you know, technically he's the vet and stuff like that, but God damn yeah. it, I'm like three times the size. So, um, you know, normally uh, you don't really see too much of a competitive match in those kind of like statures uh, size wise, but, you know, I like to be able to entertain people. Uh, and I don't want to be boxed into a deal that is working the same same kind of like type of type of work all the time. So uh, at that particular point, uh, I was almost like stop listening to uh, certain things and just stop with the box stuff. And uh, I pulled out my standing moose on him for the first time. So uh, you know, I got to do a little bit of extra stuff. Work a different, work a little bit different way, and uh, probably at that point was one of my best matches that I had. Uh, was very interesting, very crazy. Uh, story was really good. Uh, so uh, it's one of those matches I kept going back, back with, and kind of like reviewing and just like seeing what was, what could I have done different, uh, you know, and make it, make it essentially better. And uh, since that point, I have every match, of, <clears throat> every match of battle is something a little bit different. Uh, you know. Uh, just kind of getting my feet kind of like developed into uh, how I actually want to work. And that match was like one of the turning points for me then uh, uh, that let me do that. Cool. He's a former NWA junior heavyweight <clears throat> champion as well. So, yeah. you know, props to him. <laughs> yeah, big on, big on that. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. Uh, 
Because uh, I want to say I just I just seen a match of his in New Japan, and I was like, oh yeah, yes. man, that dude's pretty good. And then next thing I know, I was like, oh, he got Bear Brown. I was like, oh well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. I'm not wearing it now, but the 99 of the time, I'm wearing my New Japan hoodie, literally. Right. And, and for a lot of these broadcasts, you'll see me wearing it, but today I don't have it on for yeah. some reason. Yeah. So <laughs> the weather's <laughs> up here today, so I don't need yeah. it. Yes. But uh, I'm a huge New Japan fan as well, so yeah, uh, you yeah. know, uh, and I actually get complimented on it quite a bit. The first day I walked into my new job wearing it, a lot of the young kids were like, "Oh, you like wrestling?" <laughs> yeah, right. so, it's like right. they first they heard of New Japan, but they all watch, you know, they only know like Kenny Omega and stuff like that. So yeah, and uh, you know, everybody's got like their little goals too. Uh, yeah, my goals, I want to go to Japan, and New Japan That's awesome. is definitely one of uh, the places I want to go. You know, stomp around in for a little bit. Yeah. So. Uh, just trying to not only like develop my style to kind of mold in between both U.S. and Japan, but mm-hmm. also be able to uh, you know hold my own when I go over there and stuff like that. Because I'm sure things will be a tad bit different, uh, just a little, just yeah, a little just bit. A little. <laughs> but now at this point, I feel I'm really comfortable in in my ring work and my psychology and stuff like that. That's great to do to do certain stuff, uh, even on the fly uh, mm-hmm. myself. So uh, I feel real comfortable in doing that. And, like. Uh, if I was, if I got the call today, I'd go. I'd be gone tomorrow. So that's awesome. Um, I guess ultimately, probably New Japan would probably be your ultimate goal, correct? I mean, that's the biggest promotion out there right now. Yeah, yeah. So that's definitely uh, my. You know, if I fall somewhere else, I'm not gonna complain about it. But that's definitely where where I want to land is. is well, my, that was going to be my follow-up question. It's like, uh, I mean, obviously, there's many other promotions out there, like NOAA and All Japan, which at one time, All Japan and New Japan, I would say almost equal as far as, you know, competitors, kind of like how WWF and WCW was at the time, but All Japan has seemed to, like, fallen off really bad. Yeah. Um, I still watch it quite a bit, All Japan, but yeah. it's not on the same level. You know, it's a, it's it's quite weird, actually. Uh, yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of other organizations out there. Is there other, you know, do you have any others that you, I mean, wouldn't mind working with? Uh, Noah's definitely one on my radar, too, uh, if we're talking about just Japan-wise. But um, other than that, uh, AEW, Impact, uh, mm-hmm. ML, MLW, uh, those would be some stuff, too, that I, I would uh, pique some interest into. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was definitely super into all Japan. But like mm-hmm. I said, it, it kind of has fallen off at this point a little bit more. And I don't know. Uh, I like the way New Japan just kind of like does certain aspects of things. Noah falls in right behind that for me. Yeah. Uh, so, I, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't complain about going anywhere over there because I'd be so excited just to be over there at this point. But uh, after I kind of established myself, you know, a little bit more, but I definitely would, would rather land over either in Japan or Noah for sure. But uh, if we're talking about something over the States, uh, don't get me wrong, WWE would probably be, you know, obviously the, the best of the, everything, but... I think that's everyone's goal that gets into, I mean, everybody's dream, I should say, uh, you know, as a kid, you know, I mean, that's just my opinion. Yeah, I could it's, be wrong. It's not so much mine. It's just, yeah. uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happened with Vince McMahon and whatnot. Uh, yes. Going on I, I don't agree, stuff. but yeah, I mean, I don't agree with, uh, his lifestyle. You yeah. know what I mean? He's a, you know, but, but also it. just, just watching the stuff he, he's done on camera. Yeah. 
it's yes. not really very it, i don't i'm not really uh, you know, it doesn't work for me it's just it's just yeah. not something i'm really into and then like the way the talent's treated uh you know you want to you mm-hmm. want to enjoy where you're working right so like that's kind of another thing i want to enjoy where i'm working and uh just the aspects of just like stuff i've heard and the things going around and the way things are uh doesn't sound very enjoyable to me and like that's part of the problem like i just want to wrestle i want to wrestle uh, one of the I things enjoy doing it. i'm sorry one of the things is that you know i've heard and i, I get 100 what you're saying you're 100 correct and, and valid in feeling that way because if i would work somewhere i'd want to feel like i'm wanted and that I'm, you know, uh, be treated well as an employee. You know what I mean? That's in my day job. That's how I feel. Right. You know. Right. So um, I've heard things have changed and morale is up. You know, since uh, right. Yeah. But yeah. you know, he's come back and he's only doing certain things. God knows how much is actually true. That's the other thing. Yeah. Um, I see his light is on in the office in Stanford, Connecticut, from what I've heard. <laughs> so as people drive by at night, so. Um, you know, and, and and rumor is that he's not going to be there that much longer. He's going to be staying there just until uh, uh, a, a supposed sale that's going to be taking part in roughly three months, according to sources that have written about it. But like I said, God knows how much is true. You know what I mean? Uh, you can't believe everything you, you read on the Internet. So uh, I'm just going by whatever it on the Internet. So, um, But like I said, like, you know, uh, there's there's many other places that some like such as yourself that can work and, and make a decent living, such as like you said, MLW or uh, uh, Impact or AEW, etc. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, w- I wouldn't. I'm not gonna complain if I go somewhere uh, yeah. where I wanted and stuff like that. Yeah. It's not WWE. Definitely right. not complain with that because uh, right. WWE isn't isn't my goal and it never was. Uh, okay. Granted. If they call me and say they hey, we want you to come up here and try out and give you a contract, I'd absolutely do it. However, right. it's just not not my goal to do that. Uh, you know, I don't want to be. I'm not somebody who wants to like strive to be like a John Cena or The Rock. That's not like really my thing. I just kind of want to. It's not want to say I want to just like be mediocre or anything like that. But, make a you know, comfortable living, maybe. Right. I want to be able to wrestle, do some things, travel a little bit. Uh, you know, I got a small thing, small goal. I want to get an action figure made of myself. That's amazing. That I can get, that I can give to my kid. That's amazing. I, I love that. My kid. <laughs> right. So I got, I got, I got really big in a power thing. I got a shirt made from this big company. They, uh, you know, they sponsored me. They did this thing. Like they made yep. me my own shirt. They don't do that very often to anybody, especially their, even their own athletes. But I got one and they special made one for my kid. Right. So like that means way more than me than most of the stuff that I did at Powerlifting. So same thing with the rest. I want to get to a point where I get an action figure made of myself that I can give to my kid because you can't just, you can't just be like, it's something that you can't take away from you at all. Like you made it to this point where uh, you were established enough to get this type of figure and now your kid can play with this action figure yourself, which I think is just really, really cool for me. And aside that, uh, the only other small little thing that I would want to do is uh, be in the Royal Rumble. Like, if that was WWE-wise, that would be the only one thing that I'd want to do is to be in the Royal Rumble, is to get established enough to where, like, I might be a surprise entrance in the Royal Rumble, and that was a thing. Like, I don't know how that would happen or how it would work, but it's, that, that would part be doesn't matter. <laughs> that yeah. part doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Because it's like... Uh, 
they pulled in, they've, you know, I mean, Christ, they pulled uh, uh, Mil Mascaris in there, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or did they pull Carlos Colon in there one year? I think that's possible. I think that's... Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things that that's just one of those uh, kind of like life goals. If I was ever to do anything with WWE, yeah. that would be it. That would be the, the one thing I'd want to do. Well, one of the things is I'm going to tell you now that the Royal Rumble is my favorite event of the year. Uh, <laughs> it, it literally is because that starts the road to WrestleMania, which right. to me, it's the two biggest events of professional wrestling in the United States. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, I don't watch a lot of WWE these days. Like I said, I make it a 20 minute show basically out of a three or four hour program that yeah. they're doing. I watch the pay-per-views in, 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 in their entirety because they're treated like actual events. Yeah. Um, the Royal of Rumble is actually the only event my wife will actually sit down and watch with me because she does not like wrestling, but she likes the Royal Rumble. So it reminds her of like a bond with her and her father from back yeah. in the day and watching professional wrestling. Yeah. And she'll sit there and she'll actually take my notes for me as I'm about to talk about the Royal Rumble on the podcast. So as we're talking, so I think that's for somebody that doesn't like wrestling, uh, other than maybe wrestling from the 1980s, you know what I mean? She she likes the memories and the and stuff like that. But I think that's awesome. The Royal Rumble is my favorite event. Yeah, it's 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 a very interesting one. It's it's uh, it, there's just things that happen to it that are uh, you don't normally get in a regular match. So I can definitely dig it. Um, my wife and kid they don't really watch wrestling much either. But uh, over Christmas break we were watching some old stuff. I was trying to find some. Uh, 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 the King of the Ring matches and stuff like that, and like some Stone Cold stuff or Bret Hart stuff, and yeah. uh, actually Mankind matches because like he's probably one of the best uh, King of the Ring performers, not actually in the King of the Ring thing. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> we went back, watched a bunch of that stuff, and uh, I showed I showed him the the uh, three sixteen promo and all that stuff, and um, we were definitely into watching the pay per views. Uh, we went back and watched like the TLC matches. Hell in a Cell and uh, King of Ring stuff, and like it was just fun to rewatch those things. But man, I could not watch the segments of story stuff. Now I'll catch stuff like the Bloodline thing on YouTube, and that's the only thing I like. That's the only thing I like right now. Other (laughs) other than that, I can I try to watch it. I try to watch. It's like three some hours, right? So I try to sit there and watch it. And like man, like the first thing was just like nothing but talking, no wrestling. That was the last. This has happened like maybe last. I don't know, April uh, or May or something like that. I, I could not. I haven't watched it since. Can't do it. It just mm-hmm. it doesn't work for me because like I just, I want to watch wrestling, and like I forgot that that's what they do, and like there's not a lot of wrestling, and it was just, I watched, it. it was terrible. Like I said earlier, I'm a traditional wrestling fan, so I like to watch wrestling. You know what I mean? I like. Right catch the in-ring promos or the the, the ringside interviews. Uh, when it comes to WWE, modern, current WWE, you know, um, the bloodline literally is the whole thing, and the whole thing with Sami Zayn, the whole storyline, I think, unfolded beautifully. Um, literally been fast-forwarding through everything and watching those segments. Go to the next match or segment, I'm like, I, I literally give it about 30 seconds. I'm like, all right, this sucks. And then fast forward, you know what I mean? It's like, I make it, my wife laughs at me as I'm sitting in bed watching it late at night on a Monday, fast forwarding through everything. I'm like, I can't do it. She knows that, you know, I'm, I could write a better show and I'm just a podcaster or a fan, you know what I mean? It's just, it's aggravating, but honestly, they're trying to sell advertisements. They're trying to sell, yeah. they're trying to hype up pay-per-views. So, yeah. 
It's like the circus. Well, it's, a, I mean? it's a show. It's an actual yeah. show. Now, yeah. it's not. It's not an event. It's not a wrestling thing. It's just, it's a show. It's a TV show now. At this point, if so, if you uh, compare the, the if you compare WWE to a show that you work, okay, you notice that you watch WWE. I mean, but the 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 shows that you work probably have more reaction from the crowd than the crowd working uh, or, or at a WWE event on a Monday night. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's, uh, you get bored. You get bored. Yes. They're there for f- forever. They're there forever. And, uh, yeah. you know, even, even I've been on some longer wrestling shows. Mm-hmm. But like, <clears throat> even even around a little over two hours is almost too much. Yeah. Uh, people just get, you just get bored. Uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm up there all goddamn day, uh, mm-hmm. you know, getting ready before the show, but. Uh, you know, if I was sitting there watching the stuff and they're just dragging on between what's happening between and all this, it, it, it gets boring. Yeah, it, it gets boring. Uh, two weeks ago, I think they were doing the elimination chamber qualifier matches, and I gotta say, the Seth Rollins and Chad Gable wrestled each other, and it was the first television match I saw. Yeah, those two wrestled each other, and they went about I think it was about 10 minutes or so. Phenomenal match, yeah. and they put it on TV. Phenomenal match, the re- and that was the first match on the show, mind yeah. you. The rest of the show just down the shitter, literally. So, uh, and, and I sat here fast forwarding through the rest, but I'm lucky they put that that match on first. You know, it was a very, very, very good match. It, you know, I, I don't, I like first matches like that. I've been in mm-hmm. first matches like that, and uh, you know, getting getting. Uh, the crowd up and into it and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. Yep. To me, it lets you set the tone for the rest of the show, and uh, hopefully, you'd like every other match on the card to one up the match beforehand, all the way up to the main event, where they can kind of peak and just like boom, you yes. know. And uh, not everybody thinks like that, but like that's the that's the kind of go for me. Like, you know, I want to put on a good show and I make sure it's it's you know it's top tier. Uh, if I get put in the first the first match, I'm kind of showing out a little bit more. You got it. You got to make sure that crowd pops and gets into the show. That's what the first match is for to hype up the crowd. Yeah, yeah. So it's I, I like I like those. I like the the matches before the intermission, and I like the main event. Uh, yeah. Those are my favorite favorite slots. I can work in in between wherever, but <clears throat> uh, you get my best work out of those three slots specifically for sure. I'll do a little, little bit more depending on where where I'm at. You know. Uh, recently, you captured and this. Now, this is October of 2022. You became the ACW Television Champion by defeating yeah. uh, James Claxton. Why don't yeah. you? Uh, this is your first championship that you've won? It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First championship there. I was also first Moonshine Man. Uh, couldn't win the champ at the time, but uh, well, I think it's, I think it was, he got COVID or something like that, so he couldn't make it. Uh, and poor James, they was like, "All right, cool. Uh, this is gonna be you." So, uh, man, it was it was a it was it wasn't a very long match, but it was very intense to say the least. And uh, uh, now it's because it's it, uh, Heart of Texas Pro Wrestling is now Hot Pro Wrestling, uh, okay. And the ACW part of it. So now uh, I'm technically the Hot Network Champion. Uh, you know, because television, they don't have television anymore. So, like, that's they're they, just they, updating they, the things. The company themselves does not have television, is what you're saying? 
Yeah, it's it's not on television, right? So it's not okay. it's not like an actual like deal, but they got their own network now, so they have their own streaming service uh, okay. now, which is great. Which I think is is something that if you're not putting your stuff on IWTV or any kind of streaming service, having your own network is very essential. If if you actually do more than one show every you know couple months, so uh, now that they have that, <clears throat> I'm the hot network champion, uh, right? So. Uh, it's been great. Uh, having that match was awesome. Uh, the crowd was in, it was in, uh, this, uh, event bar called come and take it live. Uh, they have like concerts and stuff in, and you know, it's a small really? bar, but, uh, it was a very, a very, very intense show to say the least. Uh, because like there was a couple of death matches, uh, for the show too, but, uh, probably the biggest, biggest, uh, pop was for, uh, for me winning that, that title, Aside from the uh, death match with all the light bulbs shit flying all over the place, so uh, <laughs> people like craziness, right? I mean, yeah. maybe not necessarily us, but you know, people like the yeah. craziness. Yeah, it was it was intense because like uh, this, I all, all that that whole Chris Carter powerbomb thing happened uh, a month prior to that, uh-huh. but that day it got onto a different website and was blowing up. Uh, from that Friday to that show on Saturday, right to all the way to through through Monday, it was going all over the place where every, everybody was seeing it at that point. So like, it was just like my I was just going all different directions because that uh, that show was I was getting like you know, ripped apart on different different places. But I was like you know talking shit to all these people at the same time, and then I had to do this show, and uh, they gave me James Claxton, six six, three hundred pounds, you know uh, whatever. Uh, big dude, and uh, we had a pretty pretty tough match. And then at the end, I powerbombed the shit out of him. So like nobody was really expecting that to to kind of happen. And then I picked his big ass up and slammed him. So uh, that was a big ordeal because that, like I said, like that was blowing up. And like the promoter was like, "All right, well, hey, can you powerbomb?" And I was like, "Probably, sure. I'm sure I probably could." So I yanked his big ass up and dropped him. So uh, crowd went super nuts for it because. What we did was we had uh, uh, that hot anarchy show where that happened. I was in their uh, their battle royal deal. Uh, they banned my powerbomb uh, from Heart of Texas. However, in when it's uh, HOT anarchy, there's no rules in anarchy. So you can't necessarily ban something because there's no rules. So this was what was funny is... Uh, they banned the move for Heart of Texas, right? I made a whole big ordeal about it. Moonshine, you know, talked about it and stuff like that. And then uh, when we got to the show, it was like, well, it's hot anarchy. And I did it anyway. Uh, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. It doesn't matter because there's no rules. So, that, you know, I was I was just super hyped about uh, <laughs> doing that whole match. Uh, and then when I was done, I was like, uh, they were all like, I thought you couldn't powerbomb anybody. But I was like, yeah, you can't. At heart of Texas. However, this is anarchy and there's no rules. And I, I was just like super all just intense about it and stuff like that. So uh good show. It was a good match. Um, and this is a pretty cool little deal about uh hot pro wrestling. They have their different uh styles of stuff. Hot pro wrestling has like it's more kid friendly, PG ish type shows. Anarchy is for like their deathmatch style stuff and it's a little bit more intense adult uh adult wise and uh, I fit in a little bit more on the anarchy side of that, right. uh, because my intensity allows me to uh, to cuss a lot more and just be more myself, and I just fly off the handle with whatever I'm saying and just 
it works a lot better for me. So <laughs> the hot anarchy side of it definitely definitely works uh, more for me. It's funny because I've worked with family friendly organizations first, and then you know I go to a uh, or or work you know aside with another organization, and they're like. Um, yeah, you can pretty much say what you want with the exception of this, blah, blah, blah. But, and then I'm just like, I don't know how, like, I didn't know how to work that into my, <laughs> into me being a straight, you know, play by play guy or something yeah. like that, you know? <laughs> so I was like, yeah. uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. So it's, it's, uh, um, man, when I go to places that are more kid friendly, I normally don't talk as much right. because I'm not used to not cussing. And I cuss a lot. I so got potty mouth. Like, I'm, for lack of a better term, I got a lot of potty mouth. <laughs> when, when I when I'm when I'm in when I'm in my in moments, it's just yeah. yeah. When, I'm being, when I'm intense, it just it just whatever. I'll say the first thing that comes out of my mouth, and it just kind of it's it's bad. So there's a few places that I go to where uh, they let stuff like that happen, and it's fine. And I'm just terrible to people. They'll say certain stuff, and I'm just ripping them apart, just all over the place. And like I'm I'm making people piss themselves and stuff like that. Cause I'm just terrifying. And, uh, <laughs> I've had people like, you know, they'll say some certain stuff and then I'll look over at them and they'll just like, oh, okay, never mind." And they won't say it. It's just the funniest fucking thing to me. <laughs> Cause like the, some of the times you'll, they haven't seen me before, uh, when I'm over there, but now I've kind of like established myself. They, and they've seen what I've done to people and they're like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna say anything to this person. And it's just—it's the funniest thing to me. It's—I'll get some of these things on camera too. I have people, most of the people record my match, and like I'll get some of these reactions on camera. And they're just the funniest thing because you can see them and like, like, oh no, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't want any props. And I just—it just cracks me the hell up. Can you hear me? Yes. For a second there. Uh, so pardon me. You got you dropped out for just a second. Um, one of my questions is there that you uh, you mentioned IWTV before. I watch a lot of IWTV. So, uh, what's your opinion and and what do you watch on there? Like if you, uh, you know, there's uh, there's some local promotions that'll get put on there that I'll watch. Yeah. Uh, you know, more or less, it's almost kind of like supporting like the local brand type deal. Yeah. Uh, but I've caught, if there's like a certain wrestler that I'm looking for, I'll try to look up some certain stuff and I'm like, oh, this is on IWTV, so uh, cool. So I go watch it on there. Uh, like Jacob Fatu is probably one uh, oh, yeah. that I'll, I'll, you know, I'll scrounge around for. Um, if anything, that's one person that I really want to work at this point. I've almost knocked a bunch of the people off my list, this beginning list that I had. Really? That's I great. Expecting, I wasn't expecting yeah. to work, you know, so soon. Uh, you know, so uh, Jacob Fatu would be one of the ones that I like, I've, I really want to work because um, I feel like we almost have a similar style, but it's a little bit different. Uh, I can see does. it. I can see what you're saying. Yeah. You know, he, he uh, some things see do. You know, I can do that. I just I just haven't done more or less. I'm not sure if I even need to do them. You know, uh, right? Granted. Don't get me wrong; they're great stuff, and when he does it, it's amazing. Uh, but it's not some. But he already does it, so it's not something I need to do, right? So it's not something I need to do or work on or try to be better at because he's already doing it. There's already a Jacob Fatu. I don't want to be a second Jacob Fatu. That's I, that's not I'm something I want to do. So I want to try to stick to stuff that whatever I'm doing, everybody else isn't doing. 
Uh, so that way it has a little bit more different. I'm, okay, cool. I want to see this person wrestle because they do something I haven't really actually seen. Like, or like if you watch the whole <clears throat> wrestling card and like most of the matches look the same, it's because they all watch the same stuff. Like they don't actually try to do anything different. I don't want to do that. I don't. I've seen it happen. I'm like, wow, this match just looks like this other match and this other match. Uh, it's boring. Nobody wants to come back for that. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because last night I was worked uh, a show, and I don't want to say anything bad about the company I worked for, worked with, worked for because they're a great company. But it's like, how many times is somebody going to do a super kick or the stomp on the mat before they do the super kick, a la Shawn Michaels? I saw that in at least three matches last night. Okay, yeah, uh, I saw the same lead up to a dive or. You know, at least two times, I'm just like, come on, guys, you guys, you know, this is indie wrestling, I guess you could say. You got to pay attention to the other matches so that you need to can change it up because you don't want to do the same thing that somebody else is doing. You need to yeah. make the variety. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the problem with a lot of the workers now is they, they're stuck in doing and calling the match as is and doing that and mm -hmm. not communicating with everybody else. Like last night, I had a tag match, uh, <clears throat> and it was the main event. And there was two other tag matches on the card, uh, so it was like, okay, what are you doing for your opener? Okay, what are you doing for your opener? And ours was just completely different. Um, like the other two, I, I think one of them maybe had a double down. We did have a double down, right? So like, uh, and I hate the super kick. Don't it, just, I, you could see it three hundred and sixty-seven <laughs> times by the third match. It's, it's <laughs> just so stupid. However. Yeah. Uh, if it makes sense to do one, yeah. I've I've put it into certain places. Like I took one last night. Uh, something something was happening. Uh, I was getting distracted. I got a knee to the stomach, and the other partner super kicked me while I'm on the apron, and I fell off the apron. I took a bump okay. off the apron. Right. So like this part of the story makes it more dramatic. Whatever it was, it's it's there's something happening into the lead up into the story. But just super kick it for super kick's sake is just the dumbest thing, and I hate it. I, I hate it. It's wrestling today, you know. It's a. It's so. Uh, it's such a popular maneuver. I mean, if you think if you want really play close enough attention, the Canadian Destroyer is probably a close second. I see. It I is. see by the look at your face that you know I'm right. <laughs> it is. <laughs> like there's there's two moves that I won't I won't take and receive. It's a super kick and a fucking. Canadian Destroyer. Like, I'll never take one of those. I'm not doing it. I'm never giving one. And the super kick, if it's, it's just like, yeah, something, something out, and I'll super kick you here. And I'm like, no, you're not doing that. <laughs> if it's not going to be a something where, like, it, it it's going to be prevalent to the story, I'm yes. not doing it. I yes. hate it because because you can see a super kick on the other two, the other uh, matches that are happening. Exactly. But, yeah. like, like, I've done maybe three super kicks, right? But they're all really very intricate to the story. Uh, one being that I was at uh, Metroplex and uh, I've been terrorizing everybody and I normally hop in the ring over the top rope. So in doing so, uh, the angle that I did it, I wasn't able to see my opponent and he super kicked me off guard. It was pretty good because it was right in the belly and all that stuff. Jump in the ring, stand up, boom, super kick the side of the head and everyone was like, oh shit, this guy's been and beat people up left and right, and now he just got super kicked. Like, I'm just like, I didn't fall straight to the ground. I started selling over. He climbs up to the top, does a big frog splash while I'm kind of on a knee on top of me. And everybody was going nuts for this deal. 
because it was something they haven't seen, uh, you know, and it was very intricate to the story because it made it made sense, and like it would work properly. It wasn't just some random ass deal that happened. And <laughs> it was probably one of my coolest ones that I've ever taken. And aside from the other two, the one I just told you about, um, and then just some other deal that happened maybe like three weeks ago, uh, were the only like super kicks I've ever like allowed happen in one of my matches. That's it. <laughs> That's it. And it's all stuff I like that, that I was like, I was okay with. <laughs> like, yeah, we can do this. This is something you can probably do this here. This will work. And like, but then I can't just. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I'm gonna super kick you here. I'm like, no, you're not doing that. That's not happening. Yeah, see, it makes sense <laughs> to not. It makes sense, more sense to not do it because everybody wants to do yeah. it these days. It's. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna ask you about two more matches before we, uh, you know, we're gonna wrap it up in a little while. But um, tell me, you worked uh, Madman Fulton and JD Griffey in a match. Uh, <laughs> tell me about what it was like. Yeah. Madman Fulton is a uh, is a beast, man. So tell yeah. me about this match. Man, it was uh, so before that show and. Uh, they were like, uh, oh, yeah, you're going to get Fulton. I was like, uh, I was like, who the fuck is that? Because they didn't say Badman Fulton. They just said Fulton. I thought it was just some local dude because uh, I've been wrestling <laughs> other local guys around there. So, you know, aside from like, uh, I think Barrett Brown, uh, they was the only other, I've been just wrestling other local guys there. So I was like, who the fuck's Fulton? He was like, Badman Fulton. I was like, oh, 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 what? Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> <clears throat> and then, uh, then later on, they're like, oh, it's going to be a triple threat. Well, first of all, the next show that they played the trailer for, it said it was a triple threat. And then I was told it was a triple threat. And I was like, oh, shit. All right, well, cool. And I wrestled JD the week before at um, Top Pro Wrestling. Um, and that was, pretty, that was that was the first time we worked. So that was, uh, uh, it was it went very well. And then uh, meeting Fulton, he was a cool dude. Uh, very tall guy, obviously. And uh, it was very interesting to say this. Um, the fifth probably one of my uh, favorite finishes that, that kind of happened uh, because of the way uh, it didn't make me look weak or anything like that. But it was very intricate in how it developed. And the crowd was super into it, which is, is one of my main things that I try to get a point across in my matches. Uh, but also, I powerbomb Fulton, uh, so that was one of the things. Uh, there was something was they were asking me about doing something. I was like, yeah, I, I could. Uh, uh, nobody really knows about my power thing that much, and like how actually strong I am. So he was like, uh, you know, I don't want to really do this deal, but like, you know, I was like, I, I could just pick you up straight off the ground. He was like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, I'll just fucking roll you up and just pick you up off the off the ground. And he was like, can you show me what you mean? So I put him on the ground, rolled him up, and I yanked him up in the back. And he was, oh, my fucking God. Like, I just, <laughs> dead late weight, just yanked him off the ground like it was nothing. He's like, nobody's ever done that to me before in my life. And uh, it was just, I just was dying laughing because, like, oh, this is what I do. Like, this is, you, I mean, you don't weigh that fucking much, man. I was yanking up things heavy <laughs> for years. <laughs> uh, tell me about so, working Mac. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying, so when it happened in the match, uh, you know, it took everybody by surprise. It was the first time I did that style of powerbomb. Uh, and I like doing this one way more now anyway. Uh, but, yeah, I yanked him up, and nobody was expecting that to happen. Uh, so it was a pretty cool little moment in that part of the match. That's awesome. That's awesome. Is that available online? That's available online? Uh, Maybe. 
Metro Metroplex Wrestling posted it on their uh, not only is it on the network, but they posted it on their uh, their Facebook page. So it should okay. be up on it should be up on there. I'm gonna look for it because uh, I, I like Madman Fulton from what I've seen in Impact and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah very talented guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. Tell me about working Max the Impaler. This is uh, this is probably uh, I'm judging that this was a very interesting match. I've seen them. Uh, Several times in the last, uh, well, probably year or so, six months to eight months. I want to mark out for a sec because uh, Max is probably my favorite match uh, just as a whole because I feel like me and Max are very similar in nature. Okay. uh, Even almost character-wise, we're almost like the same type of character, more or less. Uh, You know, Max has a very distinct look to them. Very distinct look. And... uh, when we, uh, when I was watching them work and doing other matches, uh, we have a very similar style, like just brutally beating people up, very right. similar stuff. So uh, when I first got there, uh, it was really standoffish. Well, first of all, I got the call and they were like, uh, "Hey, you're working, Max." And I was like, "What?" It was like 24 hours or so before like the show was happening because like this person got Abaddon got hurt, then Sky Blue got hurt, and then it was like, "All right, well, you're working, Max." And I was like, "What? Okay." All right, uh, that's random, but sure. Uh, but you know, they trusted me not to work max for their show, so I want to make sure it was good. But uh, I got there, and like, man, it was like really kind of standoffish just because, like, you know, I've never met Max, Max never met me, and uh, we're just kind of just like sitting right next to each other, not saying a goddamn thing for the longest time. And then it was like, all right, so we kind of start to talk a little bit. Uh, Max is super cool, um, yeah. super laid back and chill. Um, and most of the time, uh, whenever I do certain uh, matches, I won't I won't do certain bumps and I won't do certain things <clears throat> because like this still makes sense. And, you know, it's, it needs to make sense. But right. uh, Max is um, super strong. Uh, used to be, you know, in, the, in the, the, that game in strongman, and uh, <clears throat> uh, took a couple of different like. Uh, Bumps and like I was like, maybe I could do this, you know, get something, you know, out of the crowd and do this because like they always expect me to to do all the uh, destruction to people. They don't really see stuff like happen happen to me very often. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. So uh, I came up with a couple of different uh, things and uh, it was a great match for me uh, because overall it not only just it helped like my character development and how I do my in ring work stuff and my crowd work stuff. But the way I just like <clears throat> put matches together and thought about it. So Max's me and me and Max's match is probably one of my uh my, one of my favorites for sure. Cool. Cool. Uh, I'm gonna have to look for that, check it out. So um we're gonna wrap it up and I wanna say thank you very much for uh, we went way longer than I expected us to go <laughs> <laughs> today. So uh I, I enjoyed our conversation. I invite you back anytime you really want to come back and just Absolutely. even if you just want to talk about wrestling in general, not necessarily about uh you know, just stuff. So I invite you back. So um why don't you give the uh uh your information out where everybody can find you on your socials and, and uh I know you have a YouTube channel. I do, yeah. So uh, you can find me mainly on Instagram at World Breaker Savage. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, <clears throat> same deal, uh, Brick Savage on that one. Uh, Twitter is Brick Savage Seven, or yeah, Brick Savage Seven, and 
most of the time you can see me post about my matches on Facebook. So if you want to follow me on that one, you'll get all of my stuff updated. If you follow my Instagram, I'll post it on my stories a lot uh, there. So <clears throat> a lot of the shows I'm doing around in Houston, Austin, uh, Dallas. Uh, and I've got a show here uh, February 18th at Metroplex, their Texas Rumble. February 19th at Hot Pro Wrestling, that's an Axel. Uh, and then February 22nd, <clears throat> I'm actually headed to Vegas for uh, Dark Arts Entertainment. Uh, so that'll be a cool one. All right. All right. I want to say thank you very much for uh, uh, for coming on. I want to uh, urge everybody to go shout, uh, excuse me, follow uh, all those platforms at Brick Savage and check them out, uh, especially on YouTube. You're going to find some really interesting stuff and fun stuff. I really enjoyed what I saw. I want to thank you again. Seriously, thank you. And like I said, you can come back anytime. Much appreciated. I absolutely would love to come back. Thank you for having Thank me. You.